How do we become wise? What specifically does Old Testament wisdom literature teach us about how to live? How do wisdom books like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes deepen our walk with Jesus? How can these books impact one another ministry in the 21st century? The Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, CCEF, is hosting their annual national conference entitled The Way of Wisdom, where they will consider these questions and more. I want to invite you to join them from September 30th through October 2nd in Hershey, Pennsylvania, to explore the path of wisdom together. You can learn more and register at ccef.org slash 22. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It's a delight to have you as part of our audience. We've taken a few weeks off from 1514, and we're back ready to share with you some interviews that we recorded in our pause, as well as some that we are recording as we go. We are really excited about the next phase of ministry and want to invite you to give us feedback and input on how the Biblical Counseling Coalition can best utilize our resources and time and energy. We're doing that primarily through two uh, separate surveys. One is a survey for those who support the ministry financially. The other is for those who don't support the ministry financially, but still value it and appreciate it and utilize its resources. In our show notes, there are links to both of those surveys. If you have not yet taken one of those surveys and you want to help us focus our attention and and think about how to best utilize the different ministry outlets we have as the BCC, please jump on there, take those surveys, fill it out. It'll take 10 to 15 minutes. It's an extensive survey. Survey, but we really want to hear from you and get your feedback and input on how we can use the next 10 years of ministry to the fullest uh, to honor and glorify God with the, within our vision, within our mission, and with the resources that God has provided. Today's interview is one that I did with Shauna Van Dyke and Michael Van Dyke. Shauna was on our show previously. She's the, currently the executive director of ABC, the Association of Biblical Counselors, but she and her husband also started and now run a ministry called Truth Renewed, where they offer free biblical counseling in their community and then offer counseling training to churches and others in their community and nationwide, as well as consulting to pastors or other ministry leaders who want to start biblical counseling ministries in their area. Uh, it's a great interview. It's a little bit longer than most, but I thought it was really worthwhile and I really appreciate the time that we got to spend together. And I hope that's an encouragement to you as well. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, and thank you so much, Shauna and Michael, for joining us on 1514. Can you please introduce yourselves to our audience? Yes, ladies first. My beautiful bride, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm Shauna Van Dyke. I'm so excited to be on the podcast today. I am the founder of Truth Renewed Ministries and also currently the executive director of the Association of Biblical Counselors. Yes, and I am Michael Van Dyke, and I am currently the executive director of Truth Renewed, and we are a training center for ABC. Yeah, well, tell tell everybody a little bit more about those. Shauna, why don't you start with ABC, and, and we'll sh- point other people to our previous episode where we went more in depth on ABC, what is the Association of Biblical Counselors. But for those who maybe haven't listened to that episode, give us a brief intro on that ministry. 
Yeah, ABC is a national organization that's focused on equipping biblical counselors back into the local church and also strengthening counseling ministries and Christian counselors out there to adequately counsel scripture. Our ministry is solely focused on a curriculum called Equipped to Counsel that is written by Dr. John Henderson. And uh, we have tons of churches and counseling ministries out there that use that curriculum and equipping and certifying biblical counselors to start counseling ministries, whether it's formal or informal in the local church. And so that's kind of our main uh, thing, but also ABC offers uh, membership, which allows you to watch past conferences that we've had, um, get membership resources to help you in your uh, counseling endeavor. And then we also have a annual national conference called Called to Counsel. And that is where we bring in um, tons of men and women that are leading out in the biblical counseling movement, whether they're pastors, professors, authors, uh, lead counselors, leading uh, executive directors of counseling ministries, and they come and and help us grow in the areas that they specialize in. So check out calledtocounsel.com for that. Yeah, and that's usually, it's nice because that's usually in the spring. So there's a couple a couple of biblical counseling conferences in, in the fall, ABC in the spring, and Faith in earlier spring. So you can kind of spread out your calendar and go to those. And it's been a real joy of mine to participate in that Call to Council conference for the last four or five years and excited about this next year too. So um So again, we'll point in the show notes to that other episode to be sure that you check out as well as a link to ABC. But you guys, I wanted to talk to you today about Truth Renewed, which you both mentioned. And Shauna, you mentioned you founded it, but Michael, now you're the executive director. So fill us in on on what is the ministry first, and we'll get a little bit more into your backstory. Yeah, well, that's uh, the ministry first is obviously Shauna and I had uh, clearly a, a call that the Lord had had brought us into uh, counseling together, and it's a beautiful. Uh, she founded it, and we was the acting executive director for a long time, and I was counseling on the side. But basically, Truth Renewed offers free biblical counseling to our communities. And then in 2019, we started offering certification training as a training center of ABC. We've been doing it over the last four years. So really, our goal at Truth Renewed is to not only offer free biblical counseling in the community, but also equip local churches in the area to get counseling back in the local church. And if our bride, as the bride of Christ being reformed, you know, over 2000 years, um, we believe care is the one piece of discipleship that we want to really participate in, in helping the local church get counseling back in the local church. No, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And we'll come, I'll definitely want to come back to that particular point of, of making sure it's in the local church, but Shauna, tell us what, um, what led you to start Truth Renewed? Yeah, that's a really great question, and I think really important in the story um, because it it's, it really communicates the the steps of faith that Michael and I had to have in our marriage and just in our walk in ministry. Uh, Michael and I got married, and it was really in a broken, sinful dating state. And so, one of my largest steps of faith was walking down the aisle to him and saying, "I do." Praise God, you did. And um, <laughs> but as we did that, we quickly realized we have no clue how to be in a relationship, much less a godly marriage. But we both desired it deeply. And so obviously getting connected in the church, uh, the church quickly noticed our leadership abilities. And so they wanted to plug us in to lead groups and teach children's ministry and just really be involved in which we loved it. Right. Because I mean, that's 
it's a, it was an awesome way to grow and the church was incredible. Um, but in the state of where the church was growing at the time, they really didn't have any, uh, any people in the church that could really mentor us. And so we, we went up to a lot of leaders and said, Hey, we need help. We have no family. We have no friends who can model for us what uh, a biblical marriage looks like. And we really need some help. And so the leaders at the time weren't able to really invest in us. And so they sent us to a Christian counselor. And so we started getting Christian counseling and uh, we really enjoyed it. It was so helpful for us. And, um, but one of the things that really hindered us from getting the sufficient care that we needed was the $150 an hour. And so we would go twice a month, which was a lot, $300 a month, but it just wasn't enough where we were. And so we were just at odds and we were just trying to figure this out. We had nobody in our network to help us. But one of the things Michael and I, after one of our sessions came back home and realized like, Hey, this guy, technically we're paying this guy to just open up God's word and teach us what the scripture is saying. And although we love that, that's the type of counseling we want. We're like, we can do this. We can do this together. And so that really began uh, our journey as a married couple of just getting God's word out and just learning together and praise the Lord that he had us both, even though in our state of needing drastic heart change, we still desired him and desired each other. And so we really worked together and took a lot of work, took a lot of time. Um, but that really kind of started that journey of just our own need for counseling. Um, and then just over time, part of our story and our call to counsel um, is Michael had always wanted to go to ministry and I was doing well in corporate America. And so our, our, as we came together, I was like, okay, you do ministry, you go to seminary, we'll pay for that. I'll take care of the home. We're all good. And um, well, so he enrolled in a college called Eternity Bible College, which I think is also a partner of the BCC. And um, at the time, I don't know if they still do that, but at the time EBC allowed wives to go for free. And so I was like, well, you know, we're le I'm teaching, even though I'm working in corporate America, I'm still teaching in the church. So that'd be awesome. That'd be kind of great to take Bible study methods. And then there was a class called introduction to discipleship counseling. And one of the required reads of that class was instruments in the redeemer's hands, which was the book that I really felt this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but I didn't want to, I was at odds with it. And so it was a huge wrestle for over a year of just loving my job. I was in the fashion industry. I was doing well financially, um, but then feeling really called that I need to be helping and speaking to people's life this way. This is exactly what was our issue in our marriage. What does that look like? So then kind of fast forward a little bit more. Michael and I attended actually a CCF conference in 2013, and we had the privilege to talk to two people. We waited in line as long as it took to be able to say hi to David Pallison and Elise Fitzpatrick at the time. Ed Welch, too. Oh, yeah, Ed Welch, too. Yeah, and so we were like the people like totally reading their books prior to going to the conference. There are assigned readings. We're like, we've got to ask them questions. Like, what does this really look like? And, and they were so intentional, you know, David Pallison specifically, we're thinking like, we're going to get like one minute with him just really quick. And yet when we got in line with him, he like looked at us intensely and was just like, who are you? What's the Lord doing in your life? He was so intentional. And it just, I mean, it just filled us up so much that when we then went to one of the breakouts, we were like, biblical counseling should be in the church. Like, I don't understand why it's not like in our Texas mega church area. And so people should be getting that type of care that we got, but they shouldn't have to pay for it. Like, what does that look like? 
And so Michael and I just began to wrestle with this together. And God just clearly gave us the vision of Truth Renewed. And literally at that conference, at a breakout table, the whole vision was casted. Now, again, we so much to do after that and figure out. And we didn't even know if anything similar even existed. But that was where we came together and said, we want to create a counseling ministry. We do not. We are very clear. We are not going to charge for counseling. We don't know what this looks like, but this is what we're going to do. And so that's when the journey began. Wow. So, yeah. No, that's I don't really, know if that was too much. Or... No, it's good because, I mean, well, I mean, it made me think of all kinds of questions. Like there's lots of good lessons there, including like maybe don't throw people into leadership just because <laughs> in the church, just because they're gifted leaders. Uh, but, you know, it's a but no, that's that's really helpful backstory and helpful information. Um, I will I do want to come come at a few of those things. One, why with the the charge and there are different ways of doing it. There are some people who start an LLC and they charge for counseling on the side because that's, that is their livelihood. Uh, but you guys chose to go a different route. So one, why was it so important that it be free? And two, how did you set that up differently than maybe somebody who's doing a, an LLC or private practice, something like that? Yeah, I think, um, and I, I certainly wouldn't, you know, I mean, to your point, Curtis, I mean, right, that's, I mean, it is a point of livelihood, and I think there's a biblical precedent for that. But in the same respect, uh, for us and our experience is we didn't ever want money to be a hindrance. So really kind of my conviction is is really drawn from what Paul would say in not making, uh, being a hindrance to people for the sake of the gospel. In in the counseling room, all I have, all we have collectively is the gospel, um, helping them apply the depth of the gospel to whatever area of brokenness that they have. So that's our deep conviction that we have with that. And so, yeah, we, uh, we stand firmly on that. So, uh, we don't, <laughs> there's nothing against people who charge, uh, for that for sure. Um, but for truth renewed sake and for our own personal conscious, uh, that's what we stand on. And, and really, I think another point is we always we always have a heart that the counseling belongs in the local church for our specific calling, right? Like we definitely see a need for Christian counseling, but we're just talking specifically about our journey and what the Lord's doing in our hearts and what He was what He was leading us to. But at the time, too, we had we were at a member of a church that wanted our counseling ministry to be a part of the church. And so we're working with the elders to try to figure out initially what that looked like. And so Truth Renewed was going to be free counseling, but within the local church. Um, But then it just didn't end up working out that way because a huge thing that we were hearing in that season, now this was in 2014, um, was just a lot of people were wanting it from a community standpoint. And we kept thinking, well, Truth or Nude can be on mission for the local church, right? Where we actually are able to get a lot of unbelievers to come within our counseling ministry because we're free. So the free part really opened the door to allow people who were unbelievers to come and actually receive biblical counseling because it's free, if that makes sense. And so it just, it, we actually Among ended up having a wider reach. Yeah. And so we were like, Hey church, we're not replacing what you should be doing, but we want to be in partnership with you. And so can we be on mission for you in a way that we're helping your overflow, but then we're also meeting the community and then, Hey, we're getting them back connected to you in the church. Cause even though they might be receiving counseling from us, they ultimately need you and they need the support that the church and the community offers. And so the goal is always kind of interlinked with the church in that particular way. Um, so we felt like the, the free part of it not being transactional and them knowing we're here uh, specifically for them in that way 
um, just really opened a lot of doors for us and for others to get help that wouldn't normally be able to do that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I think it's great. And and I'm definitely not trying to pit one against the other. I think we need a variety of ways of doing it and it's beautiful. And that's one of the reasons I like to talk, like to talk to people in all kinds of contexts, because there is not a one size fits all. There's not necessarily one structure that has to do it. There's lots of different ways to bring God's wisdom and care to people who are hurting, who are struggling, who are suffering, who are sinning and who need it. And that's what I, I love how you guys do it. Obviously we have Solomon Soul Care and we charge per counseling, but we, and we have a way of making sure that stays connected to the local church too. Uh, but for you guys, tell, tell us a little bit more about that part of it, because you, you mentioned wanting it to be through one particular church, probably your home church, but that didn't work out, but you're still, um, connected to the church. Are there multiple churches that you guys, uh, help with? Like tell it, walk us through how you make sure the counseling is connected to and staying in the, um, tied to the local church. Yeah, that's great. And obviously after several years of, um, several iterations and, and working through processes and, and things conversations. like that, conversations. Yeah. So, uh, but to, to the, to the, origin of the story, so to speak, the church that Sean and I were a part of actually is a church that has an active counseling ministry in it. Now, uh, as a matter of fact, they did over a thousand hours last year. Uh, and I think they're going to do well over that this year. They're on track to do that. But then also uh, to the latter part of your question, Curtis, there's another church here locally that we recently, uh, we launched their class last October and they launched their counseling ministry. Uh, they have 20 20 counselors they launched in May and they're full already and they've done over 500 hours already in their church. Um, so that's part of the goal. When I said we're, you know, a training center, obviously we, we certify counselors, but part of that process and pathway for equipping the local churches to obviously get them certified, um, whether it's small group leaders, whoever it is, they can have a counseling ministry, but that can really be a part of every area of ministry in the church to where we have a culture of care, if you will. Right. Um, just like in a hospital, not everybody needs, you know, um, they, not everybody's going to the emergency room, you know, there's different levels of care and the church should represent the reality of that care. And so that's really kind of our approach as far as that's concerned. And so that's really kind of our goal. So, in my role as executive director, that's obviously one of the functions that I drive towards is just, you know, obviously meeting with pastors, engaging, networking, doing those sorts of things so that we can, uh, by God's grace and in his time, help the churches in our area equip. Um, and so that's kind of our local presence. And then obviously with Sean and her role at ABC, it allows us to really sort of, um, at very, very, uh, exceptional rate, if you will. I think just conversations where we're, we're talking with, uh, you know, churches all across the country. Like I have a call, uh, with somebody in North Carolina today, for example, where they're using Google classroom and they're launching their first class in their church because they want to move towards having a counseling ministry in their church. And so the Lord is very strategic in his uh, using Sean and I in, in those respective ways. And so we're just trying to to maximize that. So just kind of case in point to your question. Yeah. I just want to add to that just a little bit where in 2014, when we launched Truth Renewed and the conversations that we were having with the church, they were so supportive 
But at the time, the elders and the pastors just didn't really fully understand biblical counseling. As you know, we've come a long way since then. And so at the time, they were really supportive of it, but didn't know really what that looked like within the church. And so Michael and I, of course, just starting out as well, weren't fully like you know, wise enough to have those conversations fully at that time. And so they actually, they're, they're part, they were still tightly, tightly associated to truth and truth. That makes sense. So we're members of that church. The elder board still gave us oversight for the ministry. So it was technically linked from the very beginning and still is today. Um, but then it also allowed us and serving the community that we can then partner to a lot of different churches. And so we really led out in beginning the conversations about biblical counseling in this area of Texas. Um, so then to fast forward, to talk about what Michael mentioned earlier about now these churches have counseling ministries within their church. They're not, and, and they have a waiting list and we have a waiting list. And so it's just able to cast kind of a wider reach for us to provide the care that was always needed, you know, there. And then thankfully these churches um, are faithfully uh, equipping now as well alongside of us. And so it's been really awesome. And then with the ABC role, allowing us to have a wider reach to take a lot of the programs and the training and things that we built out for Truth Renewed and share those resources with churches all across the states to help them then obviously equip, provide, you know, build counseling ministries and those types of things. No, that's good. So maybe one question uh, to help people see, because you're talking about training, you're talking about doing counseling, all these things. What are what are the different things that Truth Renewed provides, uh, just all the different services you guys provide? Yeah, uh, in terms of services, you know, we've, since its inception, we've always offered free biblical counseling and we'll continue to do that. And then as a training center, that's sort of kind of the consulting uh, and cultivating, if you will, to tr try to help equip the churches. So functionally speaking, it's really those two things that we really do. Now we, we've done other things over the years and, you know, as we, you know, uh, can build our team, you know, by God's grace and, and providing the means in order to grow our team and provide more opportunity. But a lot of like, for example, we have a men of peace group, um, it deals with domestic abuse. Matter of fact, I have it tonight, um, with, uh, Peter and I, and, uh, we've got respectfully seven, seven people in this group and there's three different churches represented in this group. And so, you know, that's a, that's a group counseling session, if you will. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, there's, there's three different churches involved. And so that those are services like that, um, that we offer that, you know, I mean, as the Lord provides, we'll continue to do it. So, you know, the more training and equipping we do, and then, you know, the Lord provides the people. And then we, we've got a lot of ideas, more things that we want to do, but functionally what we're doing right now is always yeah. limited by funding and people, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those are yeah. common limitations to every ministry. Exactly. No, it's good. exactly. Yeah. But we we're so thankful for that because we're able to partner with Chris Moles at PeaceWorks and, and, and be one of the first few groups that are starting and, and working through the curriculum and those types of things. And then our, obviously our hope always as a ministry is to not only lead out in it, but how can we lead out in a way that we're then going to multiply it, go and help equip other people, get other counseling ministries, get other churches in a way that they're providing and caring well, not just for, say, for in this particular example, not just the woman who is being abused, but the man who's being abuser. How are we loving him in a way that's calling him to repentance and helping him bring heart change? And, and obviously that's providing care for the woman. And so there's so much of that specialization that we try to get our counselors to grow in within the ministry. So uh, yeah, we're providing free counseling, but it's definitely sufficient care, right? Right. They're getting the training and things that they need. So. 
And also too, just sorry, I was going to say to that point, as it relates to the local church, it's the cool thing is too, is the men of peace program allows uh, a, a really a pathway for churches to, to really do church discipline, right? When you've got men in your church and families and you're trying to walk with them in respective ways, you know, that requires some admonishment exhortation. This is one of those ministries that helped kind of that path. So. Yeah, definitely. So I've, I've heard just to maybe summarize you actually do actual count. You do counseling one-on-one with people. You also do these group like men of peace groups. You will do training for people through equipped to care, but then you also consult churches who want to start a counseling ministry within their training. So that's part of the training. And it looks like you also have a, a, a women's conference, uh, as well. And then a podcast too. So, I mean, you guys are doing more than just, it's <laughs> just counseling and training. Like there's a lot of avenues, uh, at which truth renewed is re, is getting out there and reaching out. So tell, tell me just a little bit more about, give us some, to some teasers, some sprinkles on the podcast, the conference, things like that too. Yeah. Uh, well, the, uh, the podcast is speak the truth podcast, which Curtis, you've been on a few times as those were, those were fun times. Great blessing to do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, so besides that, it's just the, really the speak to truth podcast is really just a, another pathway for people to, I mean, cause again, to uh, parts of our earlier conversation, there's a lot of, a lot of churches out there that are asking a lot of questions, trying to figure out how to do it. What does it look like? Those sorts of things. And so really the purpose of the podcast is to, try to equip the local church pastors, counselors, whoever, uh, to just try to provide a resource for them and help in equipping them uh, to do what the Lord has called them to do in their respective areas. I think it, I think it goes back again to our experience when we started out counseling was just a huge part of the growth and becoming a good biblical counselor is the experience of it. But there's still so much of that experience that you're like, man, I, there's, I'm never going to not keep growing, right? Part of our sanctification process. So how can we, how can we create avenues and all different types of avenues for learning all the different learning abilities and what people's preferences are conference podcast, you know, homework resources, reading the book for them, and then creating a handout that almost gives them as a guide for a book. Like how can I make everything as easy as possible to help continue equipping our biblical counselors? And so, yeah, they're certified, they're ready to get going, but obviously they need that continued growth. And so that's part of what Michael and I really have a heart to do at Truth Renewed. And then obviously me for sure at ABC as well is to continue to help them grow in being a biblical counselor and all the different cases that come, right? All these different struggles that are coming their way, they might not be as equipped in cutting as they are in depression. And so how can I help this particular counselor grow in this area, right? But they're already really strong in this area. And so being very specific in the counselor growth as well to provide oversight and supervision. And so we, you know, we've kind of grown extensively, so we're not able to do that fully as well as we want to, but we definitely have a heart to do it. And we want to continue to grow in that way as well. Um, sticking with the, the church I question a little bit, uh, just a couple scenarios. So somebody comes to you who's a member at a church in your local area, and they ask you as, as Truth Renewed for counseling. How do, you, how do you go about that? What do you do? Um, what, how do you handle that request? Yeah, so uh, the, they would either email in for an appointment, let's say, um, and then they would get the intake form. So our intake form is, you know, obviously ask a bunch of questions, very specific, urgent questions. Um, and then, you know, kind of has just basically a, a, a ton of more information as far as our policies and procedures and confidentiality and all of those pieces. And then they sign and date that. 
And then, um, so yeah, we would, we would provide care for them in that particular sense. Now, um, in the intake form, it obviously has the church information. So, you know, obviously one of our questions is, you know, are, are they serving, you know, so we begin to do that data gathering and then quickly find out, you know, where they are and, you know, are they just attending? Are they pretty regular? Are they in leadership? You know, so on and so forth. And so determining where those things stand, obviously will determine kind of where we go from there and what that conversation sounds like, unless you have anything else specific on that. But yeah, that's sort of kind of the general pathway. So if, if they're part of a church that you know has a counseling ministry, do you like turn them back to that church? Do you, do you bring in a leader from that church and meet with them together? Like, how do you, how do you process that kind of person? Yeah. So we, that's all handled in the intake part. So we're part, we will call our ministry assistant. We'll call the other churches and see if they have an opening. And so if they have an opening, we'll get, we'll move them directly to that specific church. If they don't have an opening and we have a counselor who is, we want to get them help right away. And so we'll, we'll naturally, you know, uh, bring them, you know, set them an appointment up with our counselor. And then we're working in, in tandem and in partnership with the church. So we're making sure that they're connected. Are they a part of a community group? What's their support look like? Like, are they attending? Are they regular church attenders? You know, what what's their spiritual life look like on top of what are they struggling with? And so that's going to be by case by case. Now, if we have a situation where there's obviously unrepentant sin, um, you know, we have a relationship with the church pastors and the elders of all these partner churches. And so we, in our intake form, it releases those types of conversations in a way that we then obviously get the pastors and the elders involved in the situation. And so um, it's, it's, it's kind of an open door in that particular way. There is actually, and we're in a Texas belt, you know, like there is mega churches literally five miles apart in our area. And so there are a lot of, um, but when, in saying that, I say that because if someone from Texas is listening to this, um, there, it's kind of hard to believe that there's actually going to be a lot of people that come to our counseling center that might not actually be plugged into a church. And so part of the partnership that as well as we hear kind of their experience, their heart, you know, we'll, counsel them in that particular way, see where they are, and then get them connected to a church that we think that would be a really good fit for their life and their family and what they're going through as well. And so that's where we're kind of on mission as well, where we send them. And then we have people within that church that's ready to welcome them in and get them plugged in. No, that's good. That was my other scenario is like an un- unchurched person un- walks in off the street and they ask you for counseling. How do you connect it back? Because I, I, it's helpful, again, just for people to hear and see when we say, because part of the BCC confessional statement is biblical counseling must be rooted in the church. And I think a lot of times we have this perception, and, and I think the ideal would be that within your local body, when you have a, a need, it's dealt with right then and there. There's somebody within the church, either church leadership or whatever, your small group leader who cares for you. But that's not the only way you can be rooted in the local church. You can have a, uh, like a truth renew that's, it's not, I mean, I don't even know where to, where you fall in. Like it's parachurch, it's tied to church because you're under your own church leaders. But anyway, you know, a ministry like yours, a ministry like a, a private biblical counselor, uh, Fieldstone, you know, there's just different ways to do this and still keep it connected to the local church. And I think that's great to, great to hear and for people to hear how, how they do that. Um, one, one question, just cause I know you might, people might be wanting to touch base with you and, and get help and care. Do you do remote counseling or is it, do you prefer in person? Like, how do you handle that? Yeah, right now it's just in person, uh, but Lord willing, we can uh, build a team that would be able to do uh, virtual. 
Yeah, I think I think because we're such an extension to the local churches around here, um, and and we have such a need that where we even have a waiting list uh, at times. We want to just make sure that the in-person counseling kind of gets the first in um, in a way that not saying that some of the people who reach out remotely, we're trying to still get them connected to a church in the area. So we'll try to get them plugged in as as much of the of, of the network that we have. Um, but locally, a huge part of, of our, our ministry being extension to the church or on mission at the local church, however you want to say that, is it's providing care. But ultimately, a huge part of that counseling session is getting them connected to a church. Now, that might take that might happen right away. That might happen six, eight sessions in. But it's always a goal. And so for us, since we know these churches and we're so connected, that's the best type of care that our current counselors can offer. Um, but eventually, as our team expands, and we also have counselors who might even want to do remote counseling as well, we would love to be able to help um, at a wider reach in that way. Yeah, no, that's great. You mentioned you mentioned the team. You you already have a pretty extensive team of counselors, which you're uh, trying to grow as well. How how do people become a part of that team? If if there was somebody who wanted to be part of that team, could they? And if, if so, what's that process look like? Yeah, so we have, we mentioned uh, certification training. So here locally, at least, uh, we've got, you know, churches in the area, they'll send their people through, um, whether they're small group leaders or whatever. And then people that actually want to uh, be counselors here at Truth Renewed, they're all volunteers. Uh, so none of our counselors are paid. It's all volunteer. Uh, and so if they're interested, uh, then they would just go through the natural process of, you know, whenever the application process starts and our open enrollment for that particular uh, class for that year. Like, um, for example, we will be launching our next class in March of 2023. And so they'll kind of start that. And then we have uh, we have kind of worked through sponsorship. Um you know, people that will give their time to Truth Renewed um, to, to be sponsored. Um, but that's a case-by-case basis. But that's typically the the path for um, our counselors as far as Truth Renewed counselors are concerned. So one of the things to note about our counselors is some of them will come from different churches and be a part of our ministry. And so one of the requirements that we have is to be ABC certified. That way we know all of our counselors has a unified training. And then we offer intentional training after that. Um, but what's really cool is Michael and I are having conversations with a lot of the seminaries around here, like in Fort Worth, and we have students around here that are going like to the uh, Southern Seminary online biblical counseling program or, you know, at uh, Dallas um, DTS in Dallas. And so they'll reach out to us because they need counseling hours. And so even though we're volunteer, it's like, hey, if we could provide oversight, but they have to go through the ABC certification program. But then through that, then they can we, we're happy to help them because obviously we have the need right? We, and so they can be able to provide biblical counseling at our ministry, but obviously under our supervision and oversight in that way. But it just also is a, the ministry, the way that it's set up allows for men and women who love God's word, who love and care for people and just want to serve in that capacity, um, a, an avenue to be able to do that. And so we're excited to be able to partner with seminaries in that way as well. No, that's, that's, that's good to hear. And that's great for great opportunity for them as students as well to get those hours and get supervised hours in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we talked about <laughs> providing free, we talked about a lot of stuff, but providing free <laughs> biblical counseling. Uh, I remember from economics, I'm not an economist, but I remember from economics, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, <laughs> you guys still have to eat. You have kids that you've got to feed and, and help clothe and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
we talked to, we didn't get into the details, but Truth Renewed is a nonprofit, right? You guys run yeah, off of... one c 3 Yep. You run off of donations. So uh, one, how can people support you all? Like where can they find you and, and then uh, make a donation to support your ministry? And then, well, well, then I'll ask some other questions about that. Yeah, I think that's a question that Michael and I probably get a lot about our nonprofit is, well, how do you guys do it? Like, how are y'all being able to provide free counseling? And which is obviously a great question. And so at the beginning, one of our largest steps of faith as a family, not just Michael and I, but even our kids making the sacrifice of me walking away from a six figure job to launch the counseling ministry and become a full time volunteer for over six years. I just was free. I did everything um, for no cost. So not only did I volunteer, but our counseling but I led the ministry and did all of that. And so when you don't have salaries involved, it obviously allowed our ministry to be built in that way while people then joined the ministry and we had committed donors, friends and family that we started out with. And obviously our church partners um, who believed in biblical counseling, but wasn't able to do it within their church right off the bat. Right. And so they committed to, to supporting us monthly. And that just went straight to operations to, to be able to operate, to have a building, to have resources, all those types of things. And then we, um, uh, and then that's how we launched. And then now fast forward, Michael uh, becomes the executive director of ABC, he, or I mean, Truth Renewed. Whoops. <laughs> you can take my job if you want it. <laughs> no, Michael's the executive director of Truth Renewed because I had to put my full efforts into ABC and my role and position. And so he made a transition from being a discipleship pastor to um, the ministry, which then called for our ministry to have a wi- wider need of fundraising and making that a big part of, of the ministry. So um, fundraising, having monthly partners, uh, people being able to commit and sponsor to get a new counselor trained to uh, provide and donate for for the counseling in itself um, is such a huge need and such a huge blessing. And really, we hate to say that, though, right? The finances always puts limitations, but we do have faith and trust that the Lord, like where he guides, he's going to provide. And so we have to continue to trust in him and know that our ministry growth is based off of what he's providing and what that looks like. And so, Michael, do you want to give like specifics on how they can specifically give if someone feels led? Yeah, the website is truthrenewed.org uh, forward slash give. Um, <laughs> and then there's a there's a text to give number that I can provide as well if people want to uh, to do that. And they, they have opportunities to 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 become monthly donors or one time gifts, however the Lord leads them. So, mm-hmm. no, that's great. I mean, obviously we run a, the BCC as a nonprofit, but I'm always encouraging our listeners. Cause like you said, Shauna, as, as the Lord guides people, he provides and he lays on different people's hearts, the desire to give to different ministries. And I know a lot of people who are listening would love to help support, um, people getting free biblical counseling. Uh, so yeah, that's great. I'm excited to hear how that's growing and it, that it continues to grow. Um, but I also want to make sure you guys are fed and taken care yeah, of and all that it. kind of stuff. Yeah, so. no, we, we appreciate that. And, you know, obviously we welcome prayer with Michael and I being in ministry together as a married couple. And just obviously as, as that ministry uh, leadership has grown for the both of us, you know, we, yes, please support us financially to be able to allow us to bring on more counselors and to partner with more churches and to offer more training, continue to offer counseling. Um, but also just praying for Michael and I in general is something we would incredibly appreciate. I'm sure lots of leaders who listen to this will say, 
it's lonely sometimes being a leader. And so to have people reach out to us and just say, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. We're praying for you is so encouraging for us. We just appreciate it so much. So thank you for those who have, have done that over the years. And we would obviously appreciate that going forward, praying for the ministry. Well, if you guys ever get into a, a bind, you know, doing ministry together could be extra hard. We do know some good counselors that you could talk to. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. We might need some marriage counseling at some point. <laughs> oh, we all do. We all do. So, yeah. no, that's very good. Well, uh, this podcast has been a little bit longer. I appreciate it. Part of it is just having two guests, but the other is is I wanted you guys to be able to share more fully about the ministry. Uh, I guess one question I'll, I'll do before the last segment the two minute favorite segment, which I'll give you four since there's two of you. One piece of advice, like if there's somebody out there who thinks, man, I would love to be able to do something like that in my community as well, provide free biblical counseling uh, to people in our community and connected to the, to, to the ch- local churches in our area. How do they get started? What one piece of advice besides don't do it? No, I'm kidding. Uh, piece of advice that you would, you would share with them. Um, first couple things, obviously pray about it, uh, to confirm that the Lord is calling you to do it right. Cause it is, uh, it's, it's not an easy, uh, an easy, an easy path. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the, the next thing would be, um, and I would even say kind of like, you know, Sean and I's experiences that go to your local church and let them know, Hey, here's, here's my heart. Here's what I'd like to do. Um, here, here's kind of how I'm seeing it. And, and then just start having those conversations and just, uh, watch the Lord kind of open up a little bit of, you know, door here and there. And that's really kind of how we started. I mean, we literally started in one room in our church back in 2014. And then, you know, within, I don't know what Shauna, six, six months, the Lord provided an actual, uh, space for us. So it's just, you know, humble beginnings and just be ready. And then obviously, you know, if you want to be a 51C3, there's obviously a lot of documentation and things like that that you need to um, submit. But it, it's really not that hard. It's just work. <laughs> so I think I think my my little bit of advice would be do a word study on faith. And just I, I think that that's we, we're having our first benefit. Our theme is amazing faith, because I think truth renewed. Every step was just done in faith and trusting the Lord. Thankfully, he gave me vision like I saw it before I even knew if it existed or anything similar was out there. So I was very confident, like this is what I'm supposed to do. So I always had that to cling to. Like, I know this is what you're, even though actually, personally, I don't really want to do this. I don't want to hear people's problems all day. I like being (laughs) in the fashion industry, right? But it was so clear to me and so prayer, like Michael said, is so important to be confident in the call and what God's calling you to, because that's really what's going to be that motive of wanting to glorify him in that way as you move forward. But faith is so important because there's going to be so many times within leading out in this ministry, whether it's, you know, like ours in the community or it's in the local church. You're, there's going to be so many unknown. You don't know how we're going to get there fully. You don't know what it looks like next month to next year to three years down the road. And so you might have a plan and you're praying for that vision, but just faithfully walk with the Lord every day, getting up saying, what faithfully Lord can I do today to serve you and glorify you in this specific calling? And that's what I, that's just what I had to do all along the way. And then just now looking back to see what the Lord's done with all those little steps, but they're obviously big faith steps to him and don't compare yourself to any other ministries or what anybody else is doing. So glean from them, learn from them, like reach out and network, 
Um, but be, be okay to be where God has you right now in that, in that day and where you're headed. And so I think that was really important for us too. We would have wanted a million dollars year one, right? (laughs) But it's okay that we, that I had to just be a full-time volunteer for many years before the Lord provided in that way and just be faithful to him in that moment. And that was a huge part of my growth. It was hard then but I can look back at those years and say, thank you, Lord, for the growth and the rapid growth that you did for me and that I got to walk in faith in those moments. And so I think faith is a really good word for someone to cling on and starting something like this. Oh, that's good. I really appreciate it too, how you said, don't compare yourself. I think when we're looking at other people, like even this, and, and that's where I wanted you to say, how do you start? And it's kind of start small. You don't have to sometimes people see the end product and think, how could I ever get that? And it's, we never start with that end product. It starts small, but uh, I'd like to encourage people to connect, collect, collaborate, but don't compare and compete um, in ministry. Cause that's, we just, we need to. Those were good. That was, that was five oh, C's. Five that C's was, right there, that was right good. there for you. But it's so good. Cause we do, we'd need to learn from each other, but then the, that human temptation to compare and, and c- compete with people is, is not helpful. So, yeah. Uh, well, all right. Two minute or four minute favorites today, since there's two of you. Are you all ready for this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. And here I'll lay the little ground rules. We'll go ladies first. So Shauna, you have to answer first. If you get stuck, Michael can jump in and rescue. Like if there's some something you get stuck on, he can jump in instead. All right. Okay. Here we go. What is your favorite kind of food? Italian. Michael. Italian. No, it's Mexican. Italian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pizza fav- falls into Italian, so. Favorite color? Yellow. Red. Favorite sport? Basketball, for sure. Uh, no sports. Favorite sports team? Well, we always got to stay with Dallas, right? The Mavericks. So I guess I gotta I gotta I gotta stay with local love then for the sports team. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> you want to go Cowboys? <laughs> Cowboys, Mavericks, Rangers. A&M. All right, it, Dallas Stars. I think I. We only have four minutes here, Michael. <laughs> okay. Favorite word. Oh well, let's stick with faith. Grace. Least favorite word. Wait. You said wait? I don't know. Favorite book of the Bible? Uh, Psalms. Romans. Favorite book outside of Scripture? Pursuit of godliness for Shauna. <laughs> yeah, the, or the practice of godliness. That actually yeah. has been a really good book. Okay, let's go with that. Practice of godliness. All right. And, you Michael? Uh, you know, this it was qualified by all time, right? Or currently? Um, okay. Spiritual disciplines by Don Whitney because it's it's a class. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Favorite candy. Hot tamales. No, I, 
Okay, never mind. Um, ice cream. Yeah, but I was going to say something else. But yes, I will go natural vanilla bean ice cream. Yes. Well, I was going to say next question was the favorite ice cream flavor. So you. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, so natural vanilla bean. Bluebell. Bluebell natural chip. vanilla bean. All right. Uh, if you could choose any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Fl- flight. I would fly. Like flying. <laughs> Assuming with the ability to fly that I don't have the fear of heights. <laughs> Healing. Is that is that bad to say that? Nope. Favorite gift you've ever received? My husband. Uh, really? Like I was going to say my wife. <laughs> All right. right. Favorite gift you've ever given? Myself. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Gross. Um, so I, I just gave him his, it was his birthday yesterday. And I gave him uh, 42 reasons we love him. I thought that was really sweet. That was amazing. That was amazing. From all his different friends and family. Favorite animal? Cat. Mm, Right. A dog. (laughs) This is really hard, Michael. We need to to do things outside of ministry. Favorite quote? You could have prompted us with these questions. Uh, I think that's kind of the point, not to, right? Uh, well, I like the one that I shared earlier, where God guides, he provides. Um, the quote that comes to mind for me, I have two. Um, first is Johnny Erickson Tata, that um, God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. Mm. And then Piper... Um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Yes, I love that. Oh, I love both of those. Good job. Well, very yeah. good. Well, that wraps up our time. Uh, Shauna and Michael, thank you so much for being with us on 1514 today. We should yes, have done, mar- done a marriage questions, right? Ask each other about our marriage. Challenge <laughs> us that way. Uh, Curtis, thank you. Thank you for your friendship, your partnership and ministry. Thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.